1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Week 11 of your NFL season we are here to recap it fans-cited editorial director Josh Hill and yours truly residential football host Mark Carmen yeah and we're starting with the ugliness that was the Ooh. Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns getting a win, Mason Rudolph not dying mm-hmm. and Miles Garrett getting suspended for the rest of the season how I long know. how long should it be we shouldn't joke about it how long? Should well, use-
0: you, I mean, what do you mean don't joke about it? Like Mason, Mason Rudolph didn't get decapitated. Like what Miles Garrett did is inexcusable. And it was 100% a violation of the agreement that players have that what they're about to do is violent. The sport is violent. But swinging your helmet at somebody is egregious. You can't do that. But it's also not the
1: worst thing we've ever seen on a football field.
0: It's appalling. It's shocking. But the pearl clutching was intense. With
1: I, this. I, I, so you're saying, well, boys will be boys. Two game suspension, no big deal. Let's move along, team. No, I'm saying that suspending him for the rest of
0: the season is valid. You can do that because you need to send a message that this isn't okay. But it's also not as though he has a history of doing this. And that's not to excuse what Miles Garrett did because there's no excusing what he did. But he also didn't, you know, decapitate Mason right, Rudolph. And right. Mason Rudolph wasn't even particularly incapacitated. No, you he whacked him to right and there. he went right back at him so it was ugly it has no place in the game but i I think that the pearl clutching was a little bit more intense than it needed to be given what happened like he, he whacked him in the helmet and he did it once he didn't chase him around he didn't do it twice it's not excusable but also he didn't murder anybody and it's not the worst thing we've ever seen week one eric Weddle's head cracked open uh, on a football play it was a football play but his head
1: was bleeding his skull was bleeding right that but, is but, worse. but 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 he could have killed him i suppose you're, you're, it's almost like you could saying, have
0: but anybody can get so killed in you, any play in football right but so it's
1: inherently violent i get it if you get a dui and just because you were swerving then you're gonna get a heavy fine and perhaps lose your license down the line if you get a dui and something worse happens that's basically what you're Saying. Well, we're, we're. That's the thing, then that's where people are kind of. The
0: reaction to this is more more interesting he- than the act itself, because people are weaving all of these things in there, and then they're saying we need to call the police, we need to get them involved. It's like, Roll. let's all relax, let's calm down. Look, like, he whacked him on the head with the helmet. It happened. It was disgusting. It was shocking. But it wasn't the most appalling uh, or the worst thing that we've seen in football yeah, in the last 10 years. It was shocking, no doubt. Though.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't even that shocked. It felt like a normal crazy Sunday in the NFL to me well, little, over the top. But eh, hit him in the head of, with a helmet. These things happen. But all right, he's out for the rest of the year. Maybe in the next year, too. We'll see what they do. Let's move along to the Cowboys and the Lions, 35-27. Oof. Dallas, oof is right. Uh, Detroit with uh, they started the Lions. The Lions had a little juice going on. They had a bunch of tight games early. They and and now it's over. Stafford's out for forever. Uh, But Dallas uh, on the road, getting it done. And uh, Mm -hmm. hey, I, I guess we can. Re- reassert the Cowboys at the top of the NFC East? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I really? Mean, they, they almost lost on the road to Jeff Driscoll. No, like, that is a not point. a,
0: that's not a defining statement that you want to make to say we are one of the best teams in the NFC. It was a win. They got it. They didn't lose. But I'm not going to, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm not dancing around today being like, eh, we barely beat Jeff Driscoll. Um, let's, let's take
1: it 400 easy. 400-plus yards and three tutties on the road for Dak Prescott there, big boy. That's true, but the Lions' defense hasn't been
0: particularly good all year long. So, I, again, the Cowboys got the win. We're not going to take that away from them. But this wasn't some sort of statement win that we're going to look back okay. into January and say, you know, that game in Detroit... That was the turning point in the season. All right. It, it's really not.
1: All right. Fine. I overstated it. But with the Eagles losing <laughs> and the Cowboys winning, <laughs> that, I feel that does like help that, them that, that's, that that's does just help. how kind of I'm looking at it. But you're right. It was not. It was not an over over impressive day. For, well, if you for want me. to get but the, winning on the road, is a win on the road. It's and yeah, good teams are supposed to win these games. So
0: okay. there you go. Positive for the Cowboys.
1: Right, let's go Colts and Jaguars. Nick Foles is back. He threw for 296 yards, couple of tutties, uh, but that uh, Jags defense, uh, that's a no go. 33, 13 Indy. Yeah. I forgot that this game even happened. And I me think too. a lot of
0: people did because it's the Jaguars and the Colts. None of these teams are going anywhere this season. Um, it's really a battle for the AFC South at this point because the Texans looking as bad as they did on Sunday. We're still having this conversation of who's going to win that division because the Titans are still very much in it after beating Kansas City last week. So that, you know, having Nick Foles... Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp. But I'm going to stay and prove my point sides. There's a big tree branch over the roof and I think it's planning something.
1: Progressive doesn't just offer a great price. When you bundle home and auto, we offer around the clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie coverage from progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms, bundle discount not available in all states or situations
0: back. I think answer some questions for the Jaguars. Cause there was the whole garden or Minshew thing. Obviously it's going to be foals moving forward now, but who knows if they keep losing games and foals is there,
1: it's going to be a tough decision for the Jaguars to have to make. Marlon Mack's had a great year for Indy. I just wanted to show up throughout mm-hmm. some love there. Good to see Jacoby Brissett back out on yep. the field. Uh, so there's that. And Indy's right there in the mix. Let's let's give the Colts some credit for it. Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating finish to that division. All right. I, I just like the, the moving on from Andrew Luck story that's, that's still Oh, out that's there. fantastic. It's right. one of the best stories of the year. The Bills and the Dolphins, Buffalo, you needed a win and you needed to see Miami, and the Fitz magic was not there yesterday. Nope. Buffalo gets it done 37 20. The Dolphins hung around in the first half, uh, so they they, yeah. made, they they made it remotely interesting, but uh, Buffalo needed that W bab. They did. And it, again, continues this whole theory
0: that a lot of people have that the Bills are perhaps the softest and the weakest of the playoff contenders. Because let's say, you know, they, they get into a dog fight with the Dolphins, which it was in Miami, so who knows what the weather had to do with that. The humidity, I mean, people really underrate that and how important it is. To, you know, humidity uh, can be tough. It's fe- a home field advantage for the Dolphins. But let's say the Bills get into the playoffs and they have to play Baltimore, or they have to play Kansas City, or they have to play maybe even Indianapolis. I don't know if they win that game.
1: They don't win any of those I'm games. I'm not very confident in it, but... Josh, Just give Josh Allen a lot of credit. Three tutties. That's a career high for Josh Allen. Yeah.
0: And he continues to be an impressive runner. Yeah. So no. yeah, all everybody who was dogging him when he got
1: drafted, like he's an inaccurate bust, all this kind of stuff, he's been all right. All right. Let's move on to Minnesota and the Denver Broncos, 27-23. <laughs> they were down 20 to zip at the half. This this Vikings team they're hanging right there. They are with the Green Bay Packers a still perfect now five and zero at home, Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of tough losses this year for Vic Fangio and company. Yeah, this was particularly. This is probably the worst
0: one. This was yeah. I mean they're winning twenty to nothing. On the road against a Super Bowl contender, or a team that a lot of people consider to be a Super Bowl contender, and then you blow that lead, and then you have a chance to win it at the end, and you can't get it done. Um, so that's that's a tough tough break for the for the Broncos. But I, if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm a little nervous because I was watching that game and I was getting shades of the Bills game from last year, where Buffalo comes in, they're one of the worst teams in football at that point, and they just railroad the Vikings at home, and they were not in control at all in that game And the whole first half had that feel of that game. And the Vikings season turned in that Bills game. After that, we didn't know what they were. They lost all their confidence, and then they ended up missing the playoffs. I don't know if this game is going to be that, but I want to see how they respond from this. It was great to come back at home and get the win, but you came back at home to get the win over a bad team. That's Uh, concerning.
1: That is, but I think what's exciting is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, 29 to 35. That's big time. Three touchdowns, bringing a team back. Yeah. There's the, they, I'm telling We we've been talking about this and I'm going to underline it again. They found the Kirk cousins formula in the Minnesota. Formula. It, it's working. It's working, man. It is. So that, I mean, when you look at what the Vikings can do in the playoffs, that's obviously there, a yeah, huge I, part I, of it. I do like that. Yeah. All right. Saints went on the road to the bucks, 34, 17, uh, Jameis was or doing receptions. Yep, yeah, had a rough Ugh. one. Uh, I don't know what that means for well, He's closing in on a hundred for his career. we have gone back and forth every which way as far as Jameis being with the Bucs, new Orleans needed a win and they got one drew Brees with three touchdown mm-hmm. passes. Uh, I don't know if they've re reass- themselves as the best team in the NFC, but that was a win.
0: It was. And it felt it, again, it was like the Cowboys win. Like it's not anything particularly sexy. They allowed the Buccaneers to get back into the game at multiple points until the Buccaneers got themselves back out of it with the turnovers by Jameis. But a win is a win. And good teams like the Saints and the Cowboys, they beat the bad teams like the Lions and the Buccaneers. And it doesn't have to be pretty, because at the end of the day, if they meet up in January, we don't care if they barely beat the Bucs or barely beat the Lions. They're
1: in January. And they're there because they win these games because they're supposed to. Yep. So, all right, let's... uh New Orleans now up to eight and two as we go to the Jets, who are just a juggernaut now, <laughs> beating the Giants. Going uh, now, you go and get the Redskins, 34-17. Uh, Washington, of course, now down to one and nine. Sam Darnold did throw four touchdown passes, but a lot of yeah. quarterbacks have had good games against the Redskins. Uh, a lot of teams have had. We could have a good game against the. Redskins. We might have a shot.
0: Um, they might be the most dysfunctional franchise in ever. North American sports. They're up uh, They're up there with the Knicks and the Marlins. They're bad. And this is the games like this, they're showing no signs of any hope. At least the Dolphins are bad, but they're building for the future. Like they're stri- and Sean McDermott said this before the game before or after the game. But he's like it reminded him when he went when he got to Buffalo and he was stripping off the parts he made a you know, bus reference where he's like, you got to get people off the bus that you don't want people on that are going to help you, you know, drive or whatever. It was some weird head coach metaphor. But the crux of it was the Dolphins have a plan and they're moving towards something. They have a war chest of picks. They have a vision. Whether it works or not, we're going to find out, but they at least know where they're going. The Redskins, I don't know what they're doing. And they don't know what they're doing. And Dwayne Haskins... Poor guy is—he's a sacrificial lamb.
1: Already losing his mind. It's—it's it's
0: incredible, and I have no idea who's going to want to go and coach there, mm.
1: because Daniel
0: Snyder's the head co- or the the owner, and you've got Bruce Allen in the front office, and those two guys have forged together like the Wonder Twins of Terror to just. Brutalize Redskins fans, and it's awful. Matt Maggie. Nothing's going to change. Like, if you're Robert Sala, you're not going there because you don't want to coach in a position where you're going to get fired in a couple of years. The only possible outcome is they get a college coach who wants an in in the NFL, or it's a bengals Zach Taylor situation where there's, you know, what what is he going to say? No? Only 32 of those jobs, Josh Hill. Somebody's going to sign up to get paid. Somebody will, and that's why you could see maybe like a Matt Campbell coming over from college and taking that job. But again... Jay Gruden is well-respected in coaching circles, and he's not singing the praises of how that team is running. No,
1: right I think now. everybody everybody's aware of what goes on in Washington, but somebody will think that will have enough of an ego to think they can do it. All right, yeah, let's sure. move on to the Falcons, who are just weird second-half <laughs> resurgence for Atlanta. 29-3 over the Panthers. Um, a rare quiet day for Christian McCaffrey, and just a mm-hmm. bad loss for Carolina, who's yeah. seeing their playoff hopes go out the window. Right around now is the time of year when teams truly
0: become what they were always meant to be this year. Because you get weird in September, you get these weird fluky games. Like, everybody forgets that, and I had to double-check this when I saw it. I did a double take that the Ravens lost to the Browns. They The Browns scored 40 points on them back that's, in September. That's hard to believe. And that's, yeah, so these teams, they evolve, and the good teams, the cream rises at to the top. It's a dumb cliche, but it's true. And the Panthers aren't one of those upper echelon teams that are able to get to this point in the year and say we are better than what we are. And this is kind of what they are. They're a Kyle Allen led team who has a really good player in Christian McCaffrey and a decent defense, but you know that you don't lose games like this at home. It just it doesn't happen.
1: Four picks for Kyle Allen, who's had a nice season, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if we're stamping him as. No, that's still Cam Newton's team. Right. All right, let's go down to what was supposed to be a great game, Baltimore Mm -hmm. and Houston, but the Ravens continue to fly the flag. We are a Super Bowl contender. We have an MVP at quarterback. We'll have Mark Ingram step up to the podium and announce that he's the MVP uh, after week 11. 41-7. I thought that Deshaun Watson and company would kind of see that Lamar Jackson guy over there and Want to put their best foot forward. Nope. It did not work out that way for the Texans and Lamar. I love him. Don't you? Don't need to put the head down and 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 tr- and, tr- and play fullback too. Just just you know, stay safe out there, my friend. But th- another impressive day. Yeah, the uh, the Baltimore Ravens should
0: be your favorite team in football right now, and Lamar Jackson should be your favorite quarterback at the moment because they're incredible, and we are running out of reasons to say that they aren't Super Bowl contenders. Specifically, we are running out of reasons to say Lamar Jackson's not an MVP. Like if you're sitting there right now and you're saying, oh, he's a running quarterback, he can't pass. They're gonna lose cause he can't pass. Um, they haven't lost in September. And who cares if he can't pass because the team is constructed around his strengths. And that's why John Harbaugh is such a genius because he's, he and the front office have gotten together and said, look, we're not going to make Lamar Jackson something that he's not. We're not going to force a square peg into a round hole and say, you have to be a passing quarterback. You have to be this traditional old man type of quarterback because that's the way things have always been. They've built that team around him. they have a rough and tough running game with Mark Ingram. It's, it's incredible what they've done in the defense. The defense is one of the best defenses in football. So I'm really... If you're out there right now and you're saying, oh, they're not going to go into Foxborough and win, or they're not going to go into Arrowhead and win, um, you're not watching football is what you're saying if you're trying to make that argument.
1: Last year, his completion percentage was at 56. This year, it's at 66. This year, I said I'm at 58 last year and 66 this year. And it continues to come up week by week. So it's not like... it, It doesn't look like... Joe Montana or whoever you want to pick in Mm -mm. his prime, but it's not like it's not effective as far as him throwing the football and running the football is, uh, I mean, there's nothing you can watch on on a football field right now. That's, that's more exciting than when he gets loose, which just happens all the time. Uh, and that defense, man, it's incredible. So, uh, Baltimore, 100% in the, obviously is, is in the mix to take Mm. the whole damn thing. 49ers get to their ninth win on the year, 36, 26 over the Cardinals. Uh, Arizona hung around. This was a game for a long, long time. And, and Garoppolo had a good day through, through for four touchdown passes. And uh, the Niners get a win at home that they clearly needed, too, as they're trying to be one of those top two seeds of the NFC. Yeah, I was wondering what was going what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to look like once the
0: defense kind of came back to earth a little bit. And they're going to come back to earth because they have some tough games coming. I mean, they, they play the Ravens in a couple weeks, the aforementioned Lamar Jackson. So that defense is going to come back to earth. It's not sustainable. We've seen that throughout the history of football. It doesn't mean that they're going to go to the other end. and They're going to become the worst defense in football, but they're going to level out a little bit. And the onus is going to fall on Jimmy Garoppolo and this offense, this Kyle Shanahan offense, which is supposed to be what was bringing them to a Super Bowl now it's put up or shut up time and this is fine because garoppolo has had time the defense has bought him time to ease back into his this role after the acl injury and to figure things out and to get comfortable again and yesterday it looked like he was he's he's easing right back in so if both of those things can fire at the same time the 49ers are going to be dangerous
1: let's move on to the raiders and the Bengals. 17 10 oakland gets their sixth win on the year and uh, the Bengals are now, oh, the Bungles, bungles oh, and 10. Uh, well, I I, I, I think <laughs> we got to tell us, say, uh, hey, look, John Gruden. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go too far on a win over the Bengals, but you're six and four. People didn't think that you were going to get to six wins. And you're right there as far as a playoff contender, which is a hell of an accomplishment. And somehow, some way, that Khalil Mack deal doesn't look nearly as bad. So, yeah. if the Raiders make the playoffs, yeah. is John Gruden coach of the year? So, the Raiders make the playoffs, they're going to get a Bears pick that's going to be. It's going to be a top 10 pick. could be a top 10 pick. I mean, he's that's dancing. incredible. It really is. Just like, and from how much of a joke
0: they were in the offseason with the hard knock stuff and the Antonio Brown stuff to where they are now. Forgot about Antonio Brown and that's the thing gruden is a good coach and we even go back to last year all the jokes that we were making about him and how the game has passed him by which were all valid criticisms at the time but to his credit gruden has responded and he's reminded us that he is one of the best head coaches the last 30 years in football and i would i think there's an argument to be made that he's the coach of the year just the way that he's turned the raiders around from what they were to what they are now which is you know they may end up winning the afc west That is not a crazy statement to make, which was a crazy statement to say in the offseason. If you said that in the offseason when you're watching Hard Knocks and the Antonio Brown clown show, and you're sitting there saying that the Raiders are going to win the AFC West you'd laugh me out of the room.
1: But yeah. now here they are. Well, they're they're certainly there and they'll have a chance to beat Kansas City and do it. We'll we'll yeah. see what happens in a couple of weeks. All right. Patriots and Eagles, 17-10. New England got crafty. Julian Elman throwing touchdown passes mm-hmm. to uh, wide open receivers. That was a hell of a call. And uh, hey, New England is 9 and 1. That was that was a game that was on the table to Potentially be a loss playing the Mm -hmm. the Eagles, uh, you know, in Philly, but it it didn't go that way. And Belichick does what Belichick does, getting his team a win. And hey, one win away from another 10-win season for New England. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots are right now, I would
0: say, the best team in the AFC just because they have Belichick and he can throw together a game like this. The Ravens are a 1B, I would say. To the Patriots, but, you know, you look at games like this where people assume after they get beat by the the Ravens that they've been exposed, that the defense isn't as good as it was. Brady doesn't look particularly good this year. I mean, there's a reason that they got tricky with the Edelman touchdown. It's because Brady has looked bad, and that's well, well, one had, thing that nobody wants to talk about.
1: He had open receivers in the end zone wh- where, in the past, that tight window that's in there, and yep. he's just, the juice is not quite the same while coming off that arm. No, and it reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning's last years in the
0: league, where he just lost a little bit off of his fastball, and all of a sudden, he's just another guy. And, I mean, this happens to everybody. It happened to Favre, it happened to Montana, it's happening to Brady now, it's gonna happen to Rogers one day in the future, it's gonna happen to Mahomes. This is just the nature of football. But Belichick finds a way to win. And that's the most important tool that the Patriots have. It's Belichick. And we saw that yesterday against the Eagles. What happens when he can out-scheme a team? And it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't a, you know, blowout or anything like that. It was 17-10. to 10, And the Eagles were in it right up until the end. But ultimately, the Patriots get the win. And Belichick is the reason for that.
1: Our last game of the week is the Chicago Bears at, on the road. I, see, I just see your eyes. At the glossing over just at, my at playing at mitch trubisky i mean playing at the Rams 17 7 uh jared goff did nothing todd Gurley was pretty damn good he's, yeah he's good he, he played he played well the bears uh, uh, are constantly allowing running backs to just run straight up the middle untouched mm-hmm. for 10 yards no problem uh and mitchell trubisky in the weird one of the weirdest stories of the week apparently was eval- got hurt in the second quarter apparently was evaluated at halftime head coach Matt Nagy was either unaware of that or straight lied to the media afterwards and said that he found out in the third quarter and then they started looking at him and then they decided with roughly three minutes to go they're going to take out what was supposed to be their franchise quarterback the Bears had 7,000 plays mm-hmm. And scored seven points, which uh, I mean, if you if you had to go back in the annals, what, what winning the turnover battle, and the amount of plays the Bears had on offense to score seven points is historically bad. So it's it is falling apart in Chicago. Welcome to the Mitchell Trubisky experience. That's I mean that's that's it
0: in a nutshell. This defense is generationally great, but they have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, and I'm also starting to question Matt Nagy's coaching. Not to the point where he needs to get fired, because I know how the Chicago a big market and it's a nasty market where you, it's you know short of New York, it's pretty vicious place to be a head coach. If you took a poll in Chicago right now, fire Matt Nagy would be seventy six percent. Well, I mean, firing. also Chicago ran Joe Madden out of town two years after he won mm, the first World Series. Yeah, yeah, in Cubs, it's in the hundred years for the Cubs. They, so. didn't, they didn't run him out of town. He that's was well. I, I feel like that's a false statement, but mm-hmm. it, there's also similar things happening with Nagy where it's very reactive, where you do throw out stats like that. Where they should have won that game if pinero hits those field goals we're having a different conversation at the end of that game then it's the rams coming back and trying to win instead of the bears having to do it the whole benching trubisky thing i don't believe that he was lying about the hip injury just because that's that's like that's a fireable offense to lie about an injury and then to lie about it to the media and then the team's tweeting about it i think his hip was hurt it's to the extent it was hurt it's like you know i tw- you know i jammed my finger I can't go out there. It's an excuse to get him out. It was also very telling that they waited until that last drive to do it, where you want your franchise quarterback in the game, being a leader, taking the team down on a comeback drive. And Nagy essentially said, I don't have that faith in you. And that's killer. And I hope that that sticks with Trubisky because we're down to the last straws where it's like, this is the motivation that needs to happen. Where if Trubisky wants to be a warrior, he wants to be a leader of this team. If he does think that Nagy is the best head coach he's ever had and all these things that we hear all the time, then hearing that from Nagy, I don't, which essentially not verbatim, but the sentiment is, I don't trust you to lead us back right now in a prime time nationally televised game. That hurts. And hopefully that motivates
1: him. Hip injury, walking around, walking around, Walking around, walking around. It's very bizarre. Maybe Trubisky can be the kicker. Uh, That's not a bad idea. All right, that'll do it uh, for the Week 11 wrap-up as uh, the story of the week on the field. Lamar Jackson, unbelievable. The story of the week off the field, and still it happened on the field, Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns. Josh Hill, our editorial director. Week 11 in the books. This podcast is brought to you by Fan Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail.